0: call to prayer is a universal call for Christians, uh, but especially and the launching off point from Scripture in the booklet was Acts 6-4, where the apostles say, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word, so that there is something uh, beyond the universal call to all believers, unique to the work, the public ministry that the apostles began, And um, in a sense, is paralleled or continued by uh, the work of teaching elders to devote themselves to prayer.
1: Hello and welcome to Theology on the Go. My name is Jonathan Master, and I am joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Dr. James Dolzell. James, how are you today? I'm doing well. Looking forward to a discussion on an important topic. Well, it is an important topic. It's, it's a vital topic. Um, we're, we're discussing today with David Irving, his new little booklet called Devote Yourselves to Prayer. And it's really a call for pastors to to pray and to give themselves to this duty. I'm reminded that Samuel Miller said the great work of the pastor is preaching, but then the other great work is that he devote himself to prayer. So David Irving is pastor of Woodland Presbyterian Church in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. David, thanks for joining us today. Grateful to be here. Thanks
0: so much for having me.
1: Well, thank you for for coming. I, I I wondered I wanted to start by asking a little bit about the origin of this book. It's a short book. It's an accessible book. But wh- how was it that you began to think more and, and reflect in an organized way on this important topic? Sure,
0: the beginning really goes back a number of years ago to a lunchtime reading group with some friends that I'm sure will be familiar to you: uh, David Strain and Guy Waters and Caleb Cangelosi. We would gather together to read, and part of our pre-reading conversation had to do with uh, habits of ministerial life, including prayer. And after one of those lunchtimes, my good friend David Strain said, why don't you try to put that together for a Twin Lakes Fellowship Lecture? And uh, so that's how it began. In God's providence, the birth of a child, and COVID punted that talk a few years and then was able to deliver it in 2021 and whether it helped anyone else, it was a great help to me not only to organize thoughts on how I should be praying as a pastor, um, but also just as an aid to my own conscience as a personal accountability to be uh, prompted to be devoted to prayer, and then had some encouragement after that lecture in 2021 to try to put it in print, and the folks at RHB were kind to to help with that. So uh, what began as a lecture became a booklet.
1: So it, I mentioned at the beginning public prayer, but of course, this is really about private prayer, the pastor's private practice of prayer. In what ways do we see the scriptures calling pastors specifically to private prayer? There's a sense in which all Christians are called to pray and called to uh, go to the Lord with their, with their concerns, but, but you're, you're specifically aiming it at pastors. Is prayer a specific feature of the pastor's calling?
0: I think so, and you're exactly right to point out this is, uh, the call to prayer is a universal call for Christians, uh, but especially and the launching off point from Scripture in the booklet was Acts 6-4, where the apostles say, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word, so that there is something uh, beyond the universal call to all believers, unique to the work, the public ministry that the apostles began, and um, in a sense is paralleled or continued by uh, the work of teaching elders to devote themselves to prayer. And there are, you know, specific examples of Jesus' general ministry uh, that have instruction there. I think his personal example we see so often in our Savior's life, withdrawing from the disciples in the morning, in the evening, before key points in his ministry to seek God in secret prayer We see the apostles doing the very same thing as Paul reminds the congregations to whom he writes, I'm praying for you. And so uh, that Acts 6-4 would be a text that is worked out in the life of Christ, in the life of the apostles, and uh, I think very much should be worked out in the life of pastors as well. Uh, You see it in Paul's charges to Timothy, for example, that the men should pray. So um, that uh,
2: specific texts worked out
0: in a pattern throughout the New Testament.
2: In particular, David, your this booklet is something of an exhortation to pastors, and as you said you know, to yourself as a pastor, um, devotion to prayer as a and I don't want to oppose it, but it besides simply um, be careful to remember to pray. Uh, what particularly what particularly is devotion to prayer, and how is that how is that different than maybe someone's uh, you know someone might pray for ten or fifteen minutes in the morning, but you're in the booklet. You're really emphasizing this as a a sort of a a twin calling with the ministry of doctrine and word. We're familiar with labor and be busy with these things, doctrine and teaching. Um, but what is devotion to prayer, and how does that balance in?
0: Yeah, that's an
2: excellent question.
0: And I leaned a a bit on the booklet on a particular Greek word there in Acts 6-4, translated devote yourself to be busily engaged in. And I think at the very least for pastors, myself, first and foremost, what is my job? I have a friend uh, known to some of you, Bebo Elkin, who likes to say, if you don't have a target, you'll probably hit it. Um, What is my job as a pastor? My job is to pray. And I think if I begin with that foundation of of an essential element of my work, just as much, and I use this illustration in the booklet, as my dad writing computer programs and his work, as my father-in-law plowing and harvesting as a farmer, it's of the essence of my work to pray, not something to be fit into the margins, but in terms of scheduling, planning, a substantial amounts of time, energy, and thought are given to prayer as of the essence of my work, not something that merely um, is added on to or is uh, secondary to, but at the heart of my work. So I think at the very at the very least, having a, a mental conception, what is my job as a minister of the gospel? It's to pray. Uh, and then I think that works out in uh, in particular, devoting significant chunks of time on a daily basis to prayer and then also living and working in all of the ministry
2: and the atmosphere of prayer in the in the booklet you mention the ministry of christ jesus himself teaching is a regular part of his public ministry Uh, but you also mention these these periods of withdrawal uh, where he goes to pray how do those how do those aspects relate to each other in the work of christ and then how is that a model for pastors I
0: think, uh, and and again, to use an illustration I used in the booklet, if you think of a bicycle, you need both tires, and you see that in the life and ministry of Christ at the key moments as he's preparing to call the disciples to himself before before the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, uh, secret prayer is connected to and uh, uh, inseparable from Jesus' ministry of public teaching, and uh, Calvin uh, when Calvin speaks on prayer, he says, "If the sinless Son of God thought it essential to his earthly teaching ministry to seek God in secret, how much more must we? And so I think that union and the ministry of christ, um the the one never lagging, never being far behind or disconnected from the other, Uh, We need to learn from that. And as fallen ministers dependent upon the spirit and upon God's grace, do the very same thing.
1: David, why is it that pastors and just Christians in general, but pastors in particular, knowing this and, and having these new Testament examples and also new Testament commands, why is it so difficult to pray? That's a great question. And um
0: the easiest way to answer, I think, is to examine my own life. I mean, part of it is, uh, I think, just in terms of emphasis uh, in what we see in in uh, in the ministry. Um, we see kind of public facing duties, teaching, especially in reform contexts, often emphasizes doctrine. Which, as you can see, I'm surrounded by books and spend a lot of my time reading and studying, and find that to be very important. But just something as simple as hearing it's my job to pray for some that might be a, Oh, uh, that's something I haven't wrestled with significantly. Uh, Another part I think is the busyness of the ministry. There are many important things to do. um, And that was true in Christ's ministry and the ministry of the apostles. and, And as any pastor knows, there's always more time that could be used for writing and for meeting with people and for evangelism and so on. Um, and I think, as I examine my own heart, um, there is a uh, the lethargy, the spiritual lethargy of the flesh. That there's almost a reluctance of the heart. And as I I mentioned this in the booklet, I mean, um, there's that stack of papers on the desk, and sometimes it feels like you're going, you're you're getting ready to pray, and oh, I have to organize. You know that that um, I can put off praying because the stack of papers needs to be sta- You know. Um, our flesh needs to be overcome to go and see God. And um, and I think there's a, um, just a pull of indwelling sin and of earthly mindedness that leads us to believe that um, if something can be left aside, prayer can be that thing. And uh, we know that's not true. And, and yet our hearts so often are um, tempted, if not succumb to that temptation. So those are just... Uh, those are just some of the things as I think of my own life that contribute to that difficulty.
1: So, if we have a pastor here who's listening to this and who takes seriously what you said, maybe they haven't even thought in terms of their job description including prayer. And I and I was thinking as you were describing that, you know, I wonder how many churches when they're um, when they're searching for a minister have that as one of the. Uh, things they're looking for. We, we, we need someone to pray for us. Um, Probably, probably not very many, but in any case, after having clarified that from the Bible, what, and and then, and then having described some of the difficulties, what advice would you give to those who who need help in cultivating this private life of prayer? Sure. Um, Acknowledging that
0: different personalities uh, are different, um, you know, I'm I'm a person helped by schedules, but I do think regardless of personality type, a minister should plan to pray just as he plans to prepare his sermons. And uh, I've had different, you know, before our kids were school-aged, I could get into the office a lot earlier because I wasn't doing drop-offs in the morning. And there was an earlier hour in the study where I would shut the door, close the computer, set the phone aside and and say, you know, nine to 10 is prayer time. And that's, you don't schedule meetings, you don't answer emails, you don't answer the telephone. Um, I didn't have a secretary in my previous call, I do now, but I've told her, I love you. It's not that I'm not interested in visiting with you. But when I close the door, unless it's an emergency, um, I'm busy, I'm with someone, I'm meeting with God. And so I think something as simple as, um, you know, you've got however many hours in the day from this time. Into to this time every day, I'm going to seek the Lord in prayer. And of course, there are going to be, you know, exceptions and circumstances that might bite into that. But something as simple as this period of time every day is a time I devote to prayer. That's what it's there for. Um, that's when I go and seek God. And I think uh, that that has helped me not feel... Guilty. Oh, I'm not reading. I'm not writing a sermon. I'm not visiting with someone in this hour. No, no, that that time is devoted to prayer. So that's been a practical step that's helped me a great deal.
2: David, what are in, in near the end of your booklet? You mentioned that there's a certain joy or delight uh, that comes to the pastor's ministry by cultivating this life of prayer. Um, could you could you kind of tease that out for us a little bit? What how does how does praying enhance uh, the joy of the ministry yes uh absolutely and um
0: we we hold both together this sort of honest uh forthrightness about sometimes prayer um uh Sometimes prayer feels more like a burden than a joy, and and that's a problem with our own heart. You know, we don't want to don't want to paint an unrealistic picture of my own prayer life or, or those of others. Charnock has this great quote: "Sometimes we treat secret prayer as a going to the rack. That is sort of the uh, a torture device almost. Oh, I have to go pray, but there are times in God's grace, and some of the things I mention in the booklet, uh, from the very simple to the 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 very profound." um the joy of a clear conscience um there are times when i felt like i haven't i longed for more from a sermon that i preached and yet if i look back over my shoulder and say you know i i was faithful in the duties god gave me this week by his help i devoted this to prayer oh that there would have been more wind in the sails but i've left it with the lord and um and there have been times on the contrary, where I've looked over my shoulder and thought, I really didn't give myself to prayer this week. And there is a correlation between the two. So I think that just the joy of a clear conscience, the joy of seeing God answer prayers. I mean, to be able to go visit a congregant in his or her home and hear, you know, this appointment, this this doctor's visit went really well and say, Oh, I prayed for that on Tuesday morning and praise the Lord. And, you know, Rutherford. Uh, You don't run an errand to the throne of grace for someone else when you don't also fetch a blessing for yourself to get to share in those joys with the congregation. Um, And then there are times, and I I mentioned this towards the end of the booklet as well, when uh, one of my favorite hymns, How Sweet and Awesome is the Place. And there are those times, and may they be more and more abundant, when you know God is near and I am speaking to the Lord Jesus, His spirit is filling my heart, and um, our hearts are bowed, and we marvel that God has called us to a calling where we get where we not only get to but have the duty to meet with him and uh, and um, and to say with with Jacob, the Lord is in this place, and um, may they be more and more uh, you know, there are certainly many days where I get through. I ha, you know I have a list. I'm I'm helped by lists. Um, you get through the list, uh, but there are times, aren't there, when the Lord meets us, and um, what a great privilege that is. So, those are just a few.
1: David, thanks for giving us some time today. We really appreciate your uh, your engagement with us, but also especially appreciate your labor in putting together this booklet which uh, I think will be a help to, to many pastors, just these Im- very important reminders. So thanks for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Well, James, this is a, this is a simple and straightforward little book. We, we kind of alternated between calling it a book and a booklet because it is short, it's 32 pages long. So very accessible to everyone. And in a sense it, it should be uh, th- These should be things that all pastors know, but I think, um, David Irving states them clearly and in a way that really exhorts pastors to their duty of prayer.
2: I think this would be a great booklet to give your pastor um, or your elders as well. And I also think even for seminarians aspiring to the ministry or laymen who are currently aspiring to the ministry uh, that they you know, maybe to go with David's point, if, if they really want to check out the job description, this is such a vital part of it and and he's right. Uh, we're fighting we're fighting the flesh and the sluggishness and the busyness uh, of our lives and it's easy to relegate this to the margins. Uh, and I think he does a great job exhorting, but not just exhorting, but really concretely showing how to really bring this into the center of pastoral ministry.
1: Well, if you'd like to enter to win, we have a few copies we can give away from our friends at RHB. Uh, this this little booklet. Devote yourself to prayer. Uh, you can do that by going to theologyonthe.go.org, placefortruth.org, clicking on the theology on the go link, and there are there's a there's a spot there for you to enter your information. And also, if you're able to donate to the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, you can do that at alliancenut.org or placefortruth.org. Both of those have very accessible donate buttons. And from James and I, uh, we thank you for listening to Theology on the Go a brief interview about an eternal truth.